This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. episode of the Right in the Gary Kelly's podcast. This week I'm joined by Matt M, Matt B and Kaylee. Hi guys. Oh. Hi. Hiya. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm just trying to catch my breath, I think, as I'm sure you guys are as well. It's been another interesting week in the world of Leeds United with the release of the third kit, drama around the signing slash non-signing of Mikel Cuisance, and of course the match against Man City. It's a bumper episode this week because of those things. So we're going to dive into the City analysis. We'll be speaking to another international fan in our Leeds Around the World feature. And of course, we'll be running the latest round of the Wheel of Wotton. We'll also be speaking to um, LUFC Stats' Andrew Dalton, who will be taking us through some of the numbers from Leeds United's first four games. So as we're recording straight after the City match, like I say, I think let's just get straight into that. Um, They were pummeled last week by Leicester, Woman City, and I think most of our fan base expected us to take the brunt of them kind of proving their quality this week. Leeds somehow, after that first 20 minutes, have made it out alive with a point, thanks to a 1-1 draw. What's your take on the overall performance today? Well, they're like an angry wasp, aren't they, when they lose? You almost think that you're going to be on the back of a... 8-0 8-0 drubbing or something, but I thought, and that's what I thought, <laughs> I thought we were going to be 6-0 down after about an hour, the way the first half, first 20 minutes or so went, because we were sort of at sixes at seven, sixes and sevens, but we sort of, we grew in, grew into the game and it was, it was, the more pleasing thing is just as how, how composed we got as the game went on and to be honest, I thought that we should, we, we had the better chances, they probably had more opportunities to score, but I actually thought we probably should have won it in the end if it wasn't for Edison pulling off two or three world-class saves, he's probably kept them from 
kept us from taking all three points really which which is fascinating to think when you probably said six months ago if you'd have said that would have uh, would have been uh, snapping people's hands off yeah I agree it was brilliant game I thought I thought we played brilliantly as well first 20-25 minutes obviously was a bit nerve-wracking but after that yeah I thought it really set into the game and without a doubt yeah their keeper was definitely busy throughout that match and yeah, it's sad not to be upset with that performance, really. If you think where it was two or three years ago compared to now we're discussing drawing to Man City, it's hard to complain about that performance. Yeah, I, I completely agree with, with Matt and Kayleigh there. I think you go look at that first 10 minutes and, you know, we hardly touched the ball. I think we only had, we, we probably strung about three passes together and I think it's about 28% possession in that first 10 minutes. And I guess it's how, how other teams have felt two or three years playing against Leeds, it were a complete domination by City early on and I, I genuinely feared the worst for us at one point. But yeah, we settled down 20 minutes or so. We got we got into our stride and started getting a bit of pattern of play and putting a bit of pressure on City and you could see they were nervous and that's probably had the, the City of Leicester result in their back of their mind at that point. And yeah, I thought Phillips, you know, got nullified a lot. They definitely did a job on him. When you see Kevin De Bruyne a pretty much man-marking Phillips at time. It, it knows that they're, they're showing him a lot of respect and and Phillips found it tough, I think, throughout this game. Uh, but that kind of freed up players like Click as well to then start creating and, 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 and moving the ball around for us. So, yeah, definitely happy with it. Uh, <laughs> didn't want it to end. Um, it was a fascinating game. And, yeah, four games in and we've, we've definitely held our own at this stage. Well, we've got some comments from our social media followers um, that I think paint a pretty good picture of how most of us will be feeling right now. Tony says it was like the end of a Rocky movie. The final fight, the final round, both boxers gassed out, swinging power punches. Absolutely brilliant. Robbie says, voice gone again. Wife comes in to my naked chest, swinging the leads top around my head like some mad lunatic screaming in joy when Rodrigo scored. Wow, we are unreal. And Aaron <laughs> says, what promotion was for? Would have been gutted to lose it, ecstatic to win it, and I'm buzzing with a point against one of the very best teams in world football. What a shift. I think as much as the commentators were blaming City for sitting back after the first half an hour or so, as they did against Leicester, Leeds deserve a lot of credit for taking the game to them and forcing errors. Um, for me, Ailing was my Leeds man of the match. I think Perveda came on and really added some pace, and Rodrigo is clearly very dangerous once he gets into that box. Who stood out for you guys today? I think, for me, it's hard to say. I thought they were all outstanding once again. I really do. I agree with you. I thought Ailing was brilliant. I think even Martin Tyler and Gary Neville even commented on how well Ailing had performed tonight. And you've got to think of the calibre of play that he was up against as well. I'm going to actually go out there and say Rodrigo. I felt he made such a difference when he came on. He's looked a bit sluggish at times. And it's obviously he's getting up to speed. We talked about it before on the podcast. About coming into a Bielsa team and Bielsa trading methods, it's always going to be difficult for any type of player. Messi, Ronaldo, you name it, they'll, they'll struggle. But I think today he really came good and he really we really saw what Rodrigo's all about. And I think he offered a hell of a lot more than what Tyler Roberts did in that first half. Aylin's performance almost almost mirrored the entire team, didn't it? Because in that first 10 minutes, Sterling sort of had him turning inside out, didn't he? And then as the game went on and obviously City changed about with the multi-50 million pound wingers, but um, he, sort, he just sort of put his pocket in, didn't he, in the last probably the last 15 minutes of the of this um, first half and then the rest of the second half they didn't really get a sniff 
And but it's probably like Matt said, it's hard. It's hard to pick someone out. Rodrigo changed the changed the game completely from when he came on uh, for Roberts at half, um, just after half time. But I don't know. I thought to be honest, I'll probably go with. Um, I thought Cock was really good again, and he's starting to really grow in grow into this team. So if you're probably to pick someone out, you, you probably are going to pick out probably someone from that right side of the defence because I thought Sterling and especially Foden towards the end and De Bruyne, they were sort of teaming up down that left-hand side, weren't they, trying to throw everything at them. So all right, I'd probably go between one of those two if, if I was to pick anyone out. I did think Paveda had a great match as well. I thought he made quite an impact when he came on at um um, I think we became a bit more clinical once he came on. At the same time, Rodrigo, for me, made a massive impact on the game. I think they've both proven... I mean, Pervader was a free transfer. Do you think our midfield price compared to Man City's midfield price? You're looking at £30 million sub we made there compared to a Man City £50 million sub. And I thought them two players together, it made such a big impact on our game. Once they came on, the dynamics really changed, became much more attacking. Pervader. I think he ended Benjamin Mendy's Man City career in 45 minutes tonight. I mean, we touched on it, but City clearly targeted Calvin, who struggled to influence the game, particularly in the first half. Other teams are probably going to look at that as a potential weakness, especially when Pablo's not in the team to help orchestrate that midfield. Is that something that Leeds need to be wary of moving forward? I think after tonight's game, there's evidence that we do need a new central midfielder, or definitely a good substitute one. Phillips... I do think he did play really well tonight. At times, the Man City defence did go quite tough on him. He struggled throughout parts of it. I think there's a lot of pressure on him as a player. So I think it, we do argue we need another transfer to fill in that gap when needed. I fully agree. I think as much as we say it, I think we missed someone like Forshaw as well to come on and take a bit of pressure off Phillips. I don't know how Forshaw perform now. He's been out for about seven years. But I think... I think Phillips, like we touched upon earlier, is not really getting up to speed to Premier League football. And it'll come, it'll pick it up. But I think teams are are targeting him and we've, it was massively evident tonight for us. And again at Sheffield United last week. I think it's tough though, when, when it's these sorts of games though, isn't it? Because you don't want to be overly critical. I think that's what I found myself thinking after about 25 minutes. I know we did keep talking about that first uh, first bit, but you, you, you don't really want to be too too critical of them when they're up against players because it's like Kevin De Bruyne's probably the best midfielder in the world in it at the minute and to be and it's tough and they play a pretty similar way to us don't they sort of all all out and they were just hounding Phillips they knew exactly if they stopped Phillips they'd stop us basically playing it out from the back and I think it was a tough night for him but in the end he came out came out on top towards the end in terms of being able to Keep keep them out. And I think you just got to look at one of the tweets we received after the game from one of the fans about being a boxing match. It was just a classic Rocky versus Apollo Creed tonight, wasn't it? Absolutely brilliant. Really good. Really good. Oh, it's really turvy to uh, after the first twenty five minutes. Yeah, it was turvy to all match. It could have gone either way. I thought the absence of Harrison was quite clear today. I think wasn't it? Unfortunately, we all love Alioski, and obviously Pavida came on and did a really good job. But do we need another winger in? Potentially, but I don't, uh, like I say, it's always it's always tough to judge them in these sorts of games, and I just don't think it's sort of the game that maybe suited Alioski. Maybe I don't know, maybe. but I, like, I thought Pervader was brilliant, and some of the 
signs that he showed at Sheffield United, where he was capable of beating men, but wasn't quite releasing the ball at the, at the right times. So I didn't even um, didn't release it and gain some uh, comical remarks about back to Heidi Sacco. But I thought I thought tonight he more or less perfect when he came on. He he, he was beating Mendy. We were giving he was giving the ball to one of our players at the right time and stuff. So I think with what we've got in terms of forwards across across the board, we should be okay. But like you're not going to complain if we go out and sign someone like a Ben Rama or another exciting prospect. So uh, more the merrier, really. I would love us to sign Ben Rama. I think that would be a great signing for us. I saw him against Fulham. Was it Fulham midweek they played in the Cup? And yeah, he looked amazing. I think if we could get him signed, that would be amazing. But I think I read somewhere it was full, uh, it was Brentford after like twenty eight million pound for him, which just seems a lot of money for someone that's not proven in the Premier League yet. I'm kind of torn with Ben Rama. I I watched him a lot last year and the year before. I I, I did like him. I, I do like him. I think that's that team video he put out pre season where he'd done his Love Island. Oh, the Instagram holiday one. <laughs> his Love Island audition with his boys, and I just thought we don't want it like that at Leeds but then I think about Alioski and I think what Alioski <laughs> what Alioski offers and you know does Alioski offer much as a footballer for Leeds or does he just offer shaking the tunnel before a game squealing like a whale and part of me thinks maybe we should go for Ben Rama I mean they're important attributes to have in your squad obviously screaming like a whale Final thing on this match, but really on the first four matches of the season, I think Premier League players and fans alike are starting to see what Leeds United are all about. And Gary Neville said it himself, that he's no idea how you even coach it. And it's almost like Leeds lull the opposition into this sense of chaos. And that's when we come to life. It's almost the embodiment of El Loco on the pitch. I think the main question is, can we keep that up for the best part of the season to really you know, leave us in a position where at the moment we deserve to be? I'm going to be short and sweet and just say yes. And I think this league I said it, but I, I just don't think some of these teams are as good as what I hope it don't come back to bite me. But I, I just don't think some of these teams are as good as people make out. But we'll see. We'll see in May. Yeah, let's get to Christmas. Let's let's get to Christmas, the dreaded period for Leeds. It's traditionally when we collapse or we tire or we burn out. But yeah, I like it. I like. I love it. I think, you know, we brought the entertainment to the Premier League. It's needed it for a while. I, I personally think that what I don't like is is all this, oh, I do like watching Leeds. They're starting to become my second team. And I just, it, it boils my blood. Like, piss off. We're the bastards. You're meant to hate us, you know. And all this Leeds are my second team. So we keep hearing. I'm going to have to beep a lot of this out. Really, 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 that really annoys me. And I'm just not used to it at all. I mean, Dallas was pretty close to it, I think, towards the end of that match. I think they took into account the conditions, but it, it would have been given a reg. You wouldn't have really challenged it that much, I don't think. And Gary Neville would try to get one, wouldn't he, with his old, ooh, 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 his classic commentary when he when he sees a, a tackle slowed down about 50 times and he's calling for a red card. So, yeah, it was nasty, but, you know, in real time, I don't think it's as bad as it looks. Gary Neville's not a very good commentator, is he? Fantastic, no. fantastic yeah. pundit, commentator. Yeah, he was saying about Rodrigo, wasn't he? Um, saying that we was not as good under him as he is, obviously under. <laughs> yeah, we tweeted it out tonight. You, Gary Neville and Rodrigo. He said I had him at Valencia. 
and I can tell you he's doing a lot better now than what he ever did under me. <laughs> I mean, it's fair enough to him, isn't it? He, 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 uh, he admits that he will probably out of his depth. Hi, I'm Paul Robinson. And when I'm not out on the golf course, I'm listening to writingthegarrykellys.com. So what we're going to do now is we're going to call Mr. LUFC Stats, Andrew Dalton, and get him on the phone and get him to talk to us about some of the key stats and how we've performed the last four games up to now in the Premier League. Like we've touched upon, we're definitely entertaining, so there's definitely a lot to shout about and talk about. And also he's going to give us an update on the Leeds United ladies as well and how they're progressing in the first month of their, their league campaign. Hello. Here he Hello. Is. Super. I'll start off with a few few stats, hence the name. Uh, Rodrigo, the first Leeds United player to score his first goal for the club against Manchester City since Nicky Barnby did it in uh, August 20, 2002, August 17, 2002. That went on to win 3-0 to drew Manchester City. Uh, Stuart Dallas now has two games left uh, against uh, Wolves and Aston Villa to become the first ever Leeds United player to score in every calendar month of the year. Obviously scored against Luton Town in, in June and against uh, Charlotte Athletic in July. Uh, Patrick Bamford unfortunately misses out on becoming the first ever Legion at a place to score in all four opening games of the top flight season. Uh, the last to score in four consecutive games in the top flight season was Mark Viduka back in, in April uh, 2004. Uh, and also, quite spookily, when you go back down the years... Uh, you look back 30 years, back in season 1990-1991, when Leeds were last promoted uh, back to the top flight. They actually had the same amount of points after four games, and they did it at this stage. And what's even more spookily is, it was on Merseyside, beat Everton. The draw came against another team from Manchester, this time in Man United, 0-0. They beat Norwich 3-0 and lost 1-0 to Luton. So, a few wow. comparisons there. So, yeah, it's all very, very positive, all very promising. Stuart Dallas is five off joining the 200 club for Leeds United is on 195. Wow. I think Calvin is, is closing in. I think Calvin's on uh, 191 off the top of my head. So, yeah, it's, it's all very, very positive. And you look at the results that we've taken. OK, Liverpool, we on another day, we might have got a draw out of that game. Uh, Fulham nearly gave me 300 heart attacks. Uh, and Sheffield United, I thought we'd ground it out, and today I thought we were magnificent. I thought, apart from the first 20 minutes when it was a bit of a struggle and City got a foothold on the game, uh, I thought we were brilliant. So, yeah, really, really proud of the effort, really proud of what they're doing at Allen Road at the moment, and it's a shame we've got an international break, but we've now got two weeks, to, or say 16 days, uh, to go ahead, uh, and I've got the Wolves game at Allen Road uh, on the Monday night, which I'll be very, very fortunate to be at, thankfully. Uh, so yeah, very much looking forward to that in a couple of weeks. But yeah, all positive. As with the ladies, uh, they got uh, a disappointing start up at Norton uh, two weeks ago. They were bossing the game in the first half, but the lead Laura Bartok scored uh, and were dominating the game. Probably should have had a penalty before they got a penalty. And Bianca Owens got two late goals for Norton that won them that game. And then last week they beat Dunham Sestry of one 0 A very Nervy game, uh, to say the least. Laura Bartok on the end of uh, a brilliant move to give Leeds the lead, and they held on uh, for a 1 0 victory. I don't know when this is going out uh, on podcast uh, when you're putting it out, Matt, but they have got Chesley Street tomorrow on the Sunday, Sunday the 4th of October, uh, up at Tadcaster. So, weather permitting, 
that have poured it down quite a bit uh, this afternoon. So, so yeah, but there's a few stats here. Yeah, brilliant. To uh, yeah. Shame that Paddy didn't score. I wanted to use that one. Uh, yeah, good one. Diego Lorente, I, I thought, might have come on. Uh, and had he come on, we were currently at 838 players to have played uh, for the football club since the opening day of the 1920-21 season uh, away at Port Vale. So, yeah, it's all, uh, all very promising and I'll keep statting away as long as people keep enjoying it. Brilliant stats, yeah. Really, really appreciate that. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, keep keep delivering your stats and doing what you do best. And and just while you're on, my new book is coming out. I haven't got a date yet. It should be out by hopefully the end of October. I'm just waiting for the printers to come back to me. It is an update on uh, the Leeds United official history. Uh, I had a lovely interview with Bryn Law, who's an absolute legend. So, yeah, oh, oh, oh good. Really enjoying it. And, and on we go to, to Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, on what, October the 19th in 16 days' time. No worries. You take care, everybody. Cheers, stats. No yeah. problem. See you later. Bye-bye. One stat that I just want to chat to you about but, um, was the fact that we've scored nine goals now from five different goal scorers. And part of me thinks that that's kind of taking the pressure off Bamford a little bit, knowing that we can produce goals across the team. And I just think like when you compare us to other teams across the Premier League, like that's obviously such a huge benefit to have. Well, Bielsa always said that, didn't he? Um last season that it what he was he was never bothered about if Bamford didn't get wasn't that prolific. He always talks about at the start of last season, I think, about that. He always wants a lot of input from his his wide men and that's why he wanted Costa uh, originally, I think, because he just wanted another another person who could churn out stats a bit like Harrison. Uh Harrison has yeah. for like the last what, eighteen months now? It's great to see everyone getting involved in goals and yeah, not just relying on one solid goal scorer. Obviously, like Bamford during a match has so much impact, whether it's scoring goals, either to he made a defensive header today, didn't he? It was quite a risky one from I only saw one replay of it to be fair. But yeah, I saw him do quite a risky defensive header. But even that showing that Bamford obviously has such an impact during a game that it's not just him solely relying on goals. If you look at team example like Leicester with Jamie Vardy or Southampton with Danny Ings. It's great for us as a team knowing that we have about six or seven players that can score at any time throughout a match. Well, people keep talking about us doing a Norwich, don't they? But I don't think we're in a position where we'd ever sort of do a Norwich. Because basically, you, you basically knew last season, as soon as Pookie stopped scoring, like Norwich were knackered. And that basically happened. And he barely scored from January to, well what was, what, July, um, with the extension of the season. Well, that's basically what knackered them up, is that they had one goal scorer, it dried up, and they were basically, they were basically for, uh, even before the before the lockdown. So I think that's where we'll be a bit different, that we've, we have multiple, multiple scorers from different positions. Twitter during the break, why don't you head over to the Terrace and check out their Leeds United range for all your retro, classic and modern day gear. I'll tell you what, Dick, I've got to say, I love a good brew in my Tony Ball mug, bought on the terrace store.com. Michael Cuisance, just like saying his name. 
So close and yet so far, as of Wednesday, we were basically just waiting for it to be announced. And by Thursday evening, it had fallen through. There were mixed reports on the day, but I think based on the most reliable sources, it seems that there was an issue raised in the medical that wasn't expected. And either the club in general or Bielsa himself had decided that it was too much of a risk to go through with. So it's really unfortunate. And I know the club were, were quite devastated, really, that it couldn't go through. But it's got to be the right call, surely. I just read, was like an underlying, was it hip or knee issue? And Bresler didn't think that he'd be up to fitness in time to like compete with the training regime. Which if that's the case, then fair enough. Yeah, we move on. We go again. We look for someone else. Yeah, I, I agree. I think at the time when the deal was announced I couldn't believe it you know fully aware of his great wonder kid of a player coming through at a top club like Bayern Munich and it just sounded too good to be true and I think it was around 20 million pound we'd agreed again absolute snip and did Bayern always know that he had an underlying injury that probably would struggle to get through a medical thought the try on the leads because obviously the you know we got Pontus Janssen through a medical and we know how dodgy his knees were at the time and um, obviously, Barry Douglas has spent a lot of time on there. He got through a medical and passed at the club and, and obviously Forshaw. But yeah, it, it, it was a shame. And I think, you know, we've got to move down the list, but seem to be striking off our top targets and we're going further and further, further down the list. And I think we may be looking at the likes of Housen and Cook now at this rate. But I think we definitely need a, that type of player to come in at, at Leeds before. Stats mentioned it, I think it was 50 hours, is it 49 and 40 minutes now until transfer deadline day? So, yeah, we, we, need, to, we need to move quickly. Yeah, the international window closes um, late on Monday. I think we've kind of touched on the fact that we still need a winger and ideally a central midfielder, number 10 type player. Um, you know, you've said that the, the names that were kind of on the top of the list have started to be getting scratched off, but... From today, Rafinha from Wren's been added to the list. Obviously, Dan James' conversation is still ongoing. Apparently, we've bid 25 million, which I think is a lot of bull because, you know, United bought him for a lot less than that. And he's... 25 million is ridiculous. No we, chance. We pay that. It's ridiculous. Not and then, that's overpriced as hell. Kayleigh's obviously keen for Ben Rama to join. I think you can him. Yeah, because... I mean, if it is 25 mil for Dan James, that is just insane because I think either way, it could be a great signing. If we don't sign him, I can't say I'm really that bothered. But I think he's struggling right now to get into our first team anyway. Um, but then, obviously, watching season one of the Takers Home, you could see he was clearly gutted when the original deal fell through and maybe Manning was a bit of a big step for him. So it would be quite good to see him get a second chance over so I do think he did generally want to sign for us and play for us and obviously something went wrong there I don't think we'll ever really know what happened but I would happily take Ben Rama over Dan James I do think he'd be a better signing for us just it seems like he might have a bit of an attitude problem which obviously is off-putting for us and I don't think his Instagram video really helped maintain his image but I do think he'd be a great signing for us I mean he played excellent against Fulham midweek um, and I think it just fit well into our style of play. I've said my piece on Campbell already so I won't, I won't touch on that again but I think obviously the international window like I say closed on Monday but then we've got an extra week for the domestic window so of the names that are kind of on our list at the minute a lot of them do fall within that domestic transfer hopefully that gives us a little bit more leeway to bring in the player that we're after but pushing it close as always. Yeah don't go to bed just yet. Why are we selling? 
on that note, it sounds like Douglas is on his way out. I think there's rumours that Watford are interested. Yeah, I think we might, I think, I think we might as well put money on them getting promoted, isn't it? No chance. I think <laughs> I think Barry's Barry's Leeds career never really got going. If we're we're genuinely honest, I think you go look it's at his, his. Yeah, I think you look at his. The season Wolves went up. He got in the team of the year. I think if I remember right, he got double figures, goals and assists that season. He was their free kick taker, putting some a beauty in against us. He scored. And when he came to Leeds, I was buzzing. I thought, great, this is an Ian Hart player that can defend. <laughs> you know, he can score, he can he can he can create chances. And I, I genuinely can't count the amount of consecutive games or games that he's played for Leeds without either getting injured, not being fit, or being dropped. I just don't think he's really adapted to Bielsa's methods, if I'm honest. And yeah, we've not we've not even seen five percent of the Barry Douglas that was at Wolves. Because he was he was absolutely devastating at left back, and it's a shame because he'll probably leave Leeds and he'll if he does go to Watford or a club like that he might flourish again and and, and be the old player that he he was before. But yeah, we've we've definitely not seen the, the the Barry Douglas that we thought we'd signed. It just didn't work out, did it really? But he, he got people forget that he actually got off to an half decent start, didn't he? And then he got injured just before Christmas, I think, was it? And then it's sort of. So I just never got back going, did he? And that's that's basically what I think that's what basically basically killed off his career at Leeds. I just couldn't get back in and be Elsa sort of um sort of had more faith in playing Dallas at left back, which has been um which has probably been a blessing in disguise for us because since um sort of that derby game um which we don't like talking about, Dallas has probably been one of our uh, best performers. So. Maybe it turned out to be a blessing in disguise, really. Hi, I'm Don Matteo. There's nothing more than I like doing when I'm sat in the rock bar, listening and writing to thegarykelly.com. Right in the gallery. Right in the gallery. <laughs> you can edit that, can't you? <laughs> Hi, I'm Don Matteo. And when I'm sat in the rock bar having a pint, there's nothing better than reading and listening to write in the garykellys.com. So it's time for Leeds United around the world. Uh, last week we caught up with our Canadian fan base and on tonight's show we're joined by Sydney-based Leeds United fan Tyler Wakefield. Why Leeds United? Oh, Leeds, so never really another choice for me. My um, my dad and, and my grandparents, they're, they're from Yorkshire. Uh, so my grandfather grew up in Pontefract. Um, Leeds was obviously the, the biggest ticket in town, really. Um, with such an amazing kind of history um, woven into the area, yeah, there was no choice for me, and it wasn't a hard one. Um, definitely, when I was younger, um, being in the Premier League, I kind of my, cut my teeth on the the batty, the speed, McAllister, Strachan. Um, not that I could fully appreciate it, and I realised that as we kind of plummeted through the leagues, um, how good I had it initially. Um, but yeah, once once you kind of watching what we had over here was uh, not quite match of the day, but hour-long highlight shows of the weekend uh, Premier League action. Um, so yeah, once I once I sat down with the old man and, and my granddad every now and then and watched Leeds um, carving it up on the pitch and, and scoring those goals and some of the big tackles that you had Batty flying into and stuff like that, it's just just like a drug. You kind of you wanted to watch more. You wanted to 
I was playing soccer at that time, or football, I should say, as a, as a youngster, and yeah, wanted to kind of emulate those players on the pitch. It was your all-time favourite Leeds United player. So all-time, it's a tough one. Um, there's a there's a fair few players I rate up there, but I think just from love of the club and just some of the stories I've heard about him as well. Um, Gary Kelly, I reckon, and I know it's a bit of a shout out to the blog and, and the pod, but he's just a nutcase. <laughs> he's a nutter, and the fact that he stayed around um, and tried to get us back up, um, played so many times for us with heart on the sleeve. Um, through everything at everyone. Um, yeah, I, I like Kells. Yeah, I, you know, for myself, that's I echo everything you said. That's the reason why I wanted to create a Legion United website and, and get him involved in it in, in some capacity some somehow. And, you know, we've not had the privilege of sitting down with him yet. We're still chasing him after 10 years, but, you know, obviously we're getting his name out and about and, and, and still keeping within people's memories as well. But, yeah, absolutely. What a what an absolute legend. Following on from that, then, what's been your your most memorable moment supporting Leeds United? Uh, so, so for me, it would be the the one one and only time so far. Um, touch wood, I can get back over there. But yeah, made it over in um, April 2013 for my first match at Ellen Road. Um, I actually was going through Europe on a bit of a honeymoon uh, trip through Europe with the missus and had to. Uh, kind of rearrange as some of the fixtures got released and moved around. I had to rearrange some of our trip to fit in a, a trip up to Ellen Road. Um, I remember buying tickets. I can't remember which Greek island it was, but we were in, in some dodgy cafe just trying to get some Wi-Fi to buy tickets to the match. Um, didn't really have to worry about it in the end. I think there was only about 20,000 there. But, um, yeah, Luke Varney, the... The mercurial man scored a double that day. Varney Army, Varney Army. You got <laughs> the stark contrast to what we have now. Um, but yeah, I was really lucky. One of my mates had actually been pestering the club for a few months, apparently, and I, I got a call off um, club legend Stick. So I was actually trading off the the day before, spending it shopping down in London with the missus, and I got a call asking me to turn up to the club at like nine nine o'clock in the morning, I think it was. Um, and I was lucky enough to get in and have a have a mini kind of brief little walk around the club um, and actually met Reeney and, and Hunter on the on the pitch side and got into the dressing sheds and met some of the players and yeah it was magic it was phenomenal for a, a, a Aussie fan to kind of trek over there and actually get an inside sort of look at the club and into the dressing sheds and stuff like that it was yeah I'll never forget it they actually won, so that made it made it made it even better. Yeah, wins at that time were few and far between. Oh, definitely. Was it the 2012-2013 season or the, the following year? So yeah, 2012-2013. Oh, yes. Um, we had McCormick, who was my um, favourite player at the time. I think my missus lost her her soul in David Norris's eyes when when we met him in the change <laughs> David Norris. Yeah, the stark contrast again to who we've got running around in the squad now, which is yeah, amazing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and I guess I guess you're itching to come back. I guess once we kind of get this pandemic under control and 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 fans are allowed back in the stadium, I guess you'll be you'll be itching to come back and and just experience uh, this this club and the, this team under under the current management of Bielsa because. Uh, I can I can assure you live it is completely the opposite spectrum to to the old 2012 2013 season that you 
you know, <laughs> witnessed uh, all them years ago when you first came to the club. So let's move on to your all-time Leeds United eleven. I think for the purpose of this feature, we'll keep with a four-four-two. I've got to have Martin in six. Best, yeah. best paper I've seen, I reckon. Definitely. And then your back four. Back four, we got Gary Kelly right back. Although Luke Ayling continues this continues his form, he could give it a bit of a shake. Um, left back, you've got Ian Hart. I just just a bit of a throwback to to uh, yeah Hardy sticking him in. Obviously with only his left foot, I think he only got that one goal with his right foot, which he probably framed straight away. Um, <laughs> centre backs, Lucas Radaby. Uh, can't go past him. What a what a man. Um, it's a bit of a toss-up for the next one. Ferdinand, I was thinking over, but I just can't bring myself to do it. So I've got um, Woodgate in there. Um, right mid, I've got Lee Bowyer. Bit of an all-action goal scorer. Bit of a dirty player when you needed him. Um, yeah, he's box-to-box box as well, so always running. Always like watching Lee. Um, Left wing, I've gone for Gary Speed. Um, more, more appreciative of, of him as I kind of grew up and, and understood the game more and just saw how, how great he was. I, I wish I got to watch him more at Leeds as I was growing up. But, yeah, even, even as he went on across kind of Newcastle, Everton, playing around there as well was really amazing. Um, my two centre midfielders, got Batty in there. Wanted to put Phillips in, but yeah, can't can't dislodge Batty yet. Um, and then Pablo, Pablo's got to be in there. He's some of the stuff he's done over the last few years have been absolutely amazing. Um, watching him kind of score that goal over here in pre-season, um, mm. kind of to, to win it was yeah, it was a bit of a typical kind of Bielsa and Leeds match. It seemed we we batted him and only just got the win at the end. But yeah, that was mm. pretty special. Up front, we've got uh, Mark Paducah. He's the pretty much the only Aussie old name on the list. Uh, the other bloke I you know, cut all ties with quite early on. I'm, I'm, I'm proudly proudly blocked by him on Twitter. The other bloke, so that means I'm a true Leeds fan. Do uh, ever mention him? Yeah, no, burn burn anything to do with him. Uh, and then the other striker, um, yeah, Jermaine Beckford, just fast instinctive finisher and yeah even even his work after with Leeds in punditry and commentary and things like that I've really enjoyed that oh it's a great team just looking at it now you know you're back for your keeper you're looking at the kind of late 90s early 2000 kind of Champions League semi-final run back for and keeper that when you when you look really probably Robinson got a sniff later down the line but I think Martin really took them early days them early kind of European adventure games so solid absolute solid when you look at that and you look at your midfield as well, you've got a kind of a touch to the early 90s with, with speed in there, uh, you know, your mid-90s with Batty, and then you've got your Boyers, late 90s, and then Pablo, your current current team, alongside Vadukes, which you forget how, you really do forget how good Vaduka is, uh, or was for Leeds. Uh, you know, he wasn't the, the most active forwards, he never really brought strike to get the ball, but what he did when he got the ball was was fantastic and, and to have a finisher of that ability at the club at the time is, is exactly what we needed and then Beckford yeah what can you say about Beckford I think he'll always be a legend for this football club and, it, and it's great to see him like you said in and around the club now he's a great pundit which is, is 
been really pleasing to see because I still honestly think he can still do a job if he, if called upon. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's an absolute great <laughs> team, is this? There's times I say to me, old man, why can't we just throw some money at Beckford and put him up front? Give him a month's murder ball and he'll be fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Vaduka, imagine Vaduka under Bielsa. Poor bugger would have a oh. <laughs> well, you've got to, You've got to look at that back four as well and the likes of Boyer and Batty in their prime. With a with a coach like BLC, you know, they'd be world class players by then. But yeah, great team, fantastic. Really good to compare your teams as well uh, with Michael Maynard from from the last episode that we did on on Leeds around the world. So in terms of a mix of the current modern team uh, to to obviously the early nineties and Champions League days as well. So yeah, great team. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's just been. I'm just so happy we're back. Thanks for having me on. Very, very appreciative. Massive thank you to Tyler for joining us on Leeds Around the World. That's Canada and Australia ticked off so far this season. We had loads of responses last week after we asked for other international fans. Which country are you guys hoping for next? Try to find someone in Qatar, since that's where we're going to be, uh, where we seem to be selling some of our salter. Nice little maroon third kit there. I went on holiday to Mauritius once and for no apparent reason, the guy there was a Sheffield Wednesday fan. So I'd really like to find a Mauritian Leeds United fan, if that's possible. So if you're out there or any other international fans from different countries, you know what to do. Get in touch with us on the socials at RITGK for a chance to feature on Leeds around the world. So back by popular demand, it's time for the Wheel of Wooten. The Wheel of Wooten. That's so intense. (laughs) So the name of the game, because I know you two haven't played it before, is I'm going to ask a question. We'll then spin the wheel of Wooten and whoever it lands on has to answer the question in 20 seconds. No more, no less. Like absolute pressure. (laughs) So question number one. Will Leeds secure a number 10 before the window closes? Matt B. Uh, no, I think we'll we'll sign a winger more, uh, if anything, because I reckon we've got quite a few players who can cover that number 10 position. And after Rodrigo's performance tonight, I reckon he's going to be uh, the starter and then Roberts, Roberts will be back up. Efficient. Didn't need 20 seconds. Boom. Nailed it. Right, question number two. Tyler Roberts, keep, loan or sell? Kaylee. Uh, I'm going to say learn. Um, I think his time will come at least. I think he's still yet to shine, but right now I don't really. I do rate him, but not that high to get into our first team. I think he'd clear the wage bill if we took him out on loan somewhere for a season, get experience in the championship, get some solid first team experience, come back to us, hopefully a better player. Time's up. <laughs> Just about snuck it in there. <laughs> and then the final question. Have Leeds performed above your expectations so far? And it's Matt M. Who is still spinning the wheel. <laughs> I think anyone who says that the expected Leeds to perform this well in the Premier League is is, is lying. I think we, we, we know how inconsistent we were at times and how frustrating we were at times last season, but I think we've taken it to another level in the Premier League and I think teams are really struggling 
to, to really compete against us in the entertainment value. Time's up. Oh. <laughs> I think that was a pretty good answer, to be fair. Yeah, all right. I just waffled on. <laughs> I think it would be a shock if anyone was disappointed with how we've performed so far. You know, we're top half of the table. He's third, joint, joint third most goals. We've performed against two of the best club teams, not just in the league, but in the world. And we've smashed teams that are probably going to be in and around us. So, I mean, I, I for one, am massively impressed with what we've done so far. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and just to sign off on that one. <laughs> the Wheel of Wotton. <laughs> that was like proper movie trailer voice. Aren't you in the wrong career? Yeah. Kelly and Matt are just probably thinking, this is fucking weird as this, but wait until it clips down and it's in the show and you'll be like, oh, it sounds brilliant. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> right, once again, Leeds United have shown that we're not here to dick around in the relegation zone and that we can actually play very good football. Thanks so much for joining us wherever you are in the world and make sure you give us a follow on the socials at RITGK and let us know what you thought about this week's episode. We'll speak to you in a couple of weeks when we'll be back with a brand new episode including more chats with our international fan base. See you then. Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.